In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Chrissy Teigen referred to Donald Trump as a pussy-ass bitch. Look, he's a sick puppy. He, he, shouldn't be, he shouldn't be there. Well, I lost half a day of skiing. I'm going to punch him out. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. The Betches Sub Podcast. A speaker has not been elected. Hello, this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I'm Amanda Duberman, news director at Betches. And I'm Millie Tamaris, comedian and sub-video contributor. Today, we are joined once again by Grace Weinstein. She is a host and producer at The Recount, where she hosts, writes, and produces the show WTF America once a week on Snapchat. Thanks for joining us. Not too much to discuss today. There's nothing no. unprecedented or unhinged that's been happening this week. Things are so calm. My mental health has never been better. My skin has never been clearer. It's we're just thriving. Your skin out does here. look nice. I know this is an audio medium, but this looks it's it's given some nice blush. It's that it's stupid given, snail mucin that all the TikTok girlies are exactly, on about. Listen, the I had a Lyft driver the other day, and you know he was getting. You know they get vulnerable about politics. They say all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. This guy was saying climate change, like everything's a hoax. Whatever facts aren't facts. Was Vivek Ramaswamy your? <laughs> yeah, he was my he was my Lyft driver. But towards the end, last minute of my ride, he's like, "Do you know any skin products that can get rid of acne scars?" And I'm like, "Whoa!" Like hard <laughs> left turn. But I'm like, people love snail mucin. People love snail mucin. It sings the prayers. So if you're listening, doubt love it. it across the land. I'm sure he gave you a great rating after that. <laughs> Maybe. I hope so. We are we are sadly not joined today by our fourth co-host, Penny, the abortion survivor rescued from a pan. She could not, she could not make it. Her, she has many press obligations due to her shout out yesterday. I mean, <sighs> how does one how do we? <laughs> okay, let's let's. We are obviously going to talk about the debate tonight. Last night's yeah. debate is really like why VP had to end. Like there is absolutely no. This was this was beyond anything you could fictionalize. So I watched it live, Grace. I think you watched it live, right? As I am contractually obligated to do, unfortunately. <laughs> same, same, Millie. What about you? Did you catch the highlights this morning? I catched highlights. I was seeing, you know, I was dipping my toe in and out, but. Honestly, I was watching Madam Secretary. So tell me more. Have you seen Madam Secretary? No, it's on my list, and I don't know. Everyone says it's great. Do you like it? You know, it's. Did you like the Diplomat? Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like the Diplomat. It's it's that same. It's honestly the same concept and has some of the same actors. It's just it's just much of a slower burn, but it is like. But that's. I mean. It's just fucking telling. I mean, everything goes back to the strikes in Hollywood. But I'm like, yeah, The Diplomat should have had 22 episodes a season to really slow burn all the fucking political scandal and shit. But Madam Secretary is that. Um, While we were living in the <laughs> nightmare hell real political world, <laughs> you were in the fantasy. I was fan in fantasy. Room, I was watching. And then spent the yeah. morning catching up. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, again, watching watching Star Wars, the new show, Madam Secretary, listening to Ebony K. Williams talk about divorces, celeb divorces. So I was doing my best. And in the morning, your vibrations were higher. My vibrations were higher. But guess what? Woke up this morning, got the news. Here we are again. (laughs) You're in the pits with us. You're right in the pits. Like a roller coaster. So the main news, of course, for today, we're just going to do the main news segment today because that will take us all the way through the show. It is, of course, the first debate of the 2024 presidential election. So nine Republicans. It was nine, right? It was nine, I think. or Eight, eight, because nine with Trump. He was famously not there. Took the stage in Milwaukee to compete for second place in the Republican presidential primary. So the first thing I want to ask, like all of us, you know, do this in some regard for a living. It has been a minute since we have seen the seal has broken. What did not it feel a long like enough just, minute though? I it know, has not I been know. a long enough minute. It's a lot. You look like this physically repelled you, Grace. Just, just <laughs> the overall vibes. That, how, how did this initial opening scene of those eight goons on the stage, twenty twenty four democracy on Fox News, describe the feeling? It really demonstrated to me how much I have aged in the past four years. I am no longer the sprightly recent college grad who's tackling their first presidential election in the media industry. I am withered. I am tired. I am beaten Guess down. what, though? Snail Mucin looking great because, bitch, you could have told me you're a sprightly college grad and I would have believed you. <laughs> Thank penny God right for out that. of the pan. Yo, oh seriously. my God, I'm Penny right Let me out, out of the, the pan. pan. She's acting brand new. She's looking brand new. <laughs> I know. I definitely was like, here we go. Here, here the fuck, here the fuck we go. And you know, I listen, I have an early bedtime. It is so bizarre mm. to me that like the, the what do you guys think the average age of the Republican primary voter is? It is upwards of 60, yeah. right? And yeah. they're starting it's, that bullshit at 9 p.m.? Yeah. I know. They're minutes from the grave at that point, those viewers, <laughs> and they're hanging on by a thread Mitch for that primetime debut. for the night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're trying to appease West Coast people, but I'm just like- All those West Coast going, Republicans. Yeah, all those West Coast- I mean, listen- all those West Coast Republicans that are getting out of dinner at 4.30 want to watch, want to watch fucking, and whatever. These people, they'll wake up at 2 in the morning uh, for their w- morning walk and see all this shit, too. <laughs> That's true. They just watch it, too. Okay, so we're going to go through each candidate and summarize their standout moments or kind of lack thereof. But I do want to set the scene with the way they opened this show. Uh, the candidates the were asked show. to... <laughs> show. Excuse me. Their Broadway debut. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. The dollhouse. Uh, (laughs) All right. So first, the candidates in the show, the cast, was asked to interpret a viral country song about blue-collar angst. Uh, I have avoided talking about this on our show, but it did make that show. Rich Men, North of Richmond, is a viral video of this guy who calls himself Oliver Anthony. I'm not sure if that's his real name. It's taking no dead name of Amanda. Please. <laughs> Again, it is always men with two first names every single time. <laughs> mm-hmm. He takes issue with a lot of things. Taxes, the ruling class, but also poor people on public assistance who he insists are all obese and no, therefore No, just not, me. Sorry. <laughs> not all entitled to public health. They also reference pedophilia on faraway islands. Um, and so Yale graduate Ron DeSantis was invited to respond to this blue collar phenomenon. Nobody really gave um, a particularly interesting answer to this. Um, it kind of just they sort of like overlooked it and then it got into uh, the other questions. But what do we make of this question even being asked? Like, please comment on a song on the Billboard Top 100. You know, the reality is that <laughs> pop culture 
and Republican politics very rarely converge. There's very rarely a touchstone monoculture movement that is at all even friendly to the Republican or the right, you know? So they got to take it while they can. Now, the key (laughs) is that Oliver Anthony is a Democrat in a twist of things. Yeah, he says he's like a centrist, but... Yeah, so centrist... We know the type. We know the type, but I'm just like, yeah, they're trying to capitalize on anything because Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, anyone cool Mm. is not fucking with Republican people. So if there is this touchstone monoculture, Matt Walsh reposting us clip, they should comment on it because that's all they got. Um, Cause they're trying to ban everything else. That's what I say. But uh, I think it says a lot about the Fox news spectacle that the candidates even were like, we're not going to fully Cheryl Sandberg yeah, lean in yeah. on this. We're going <laughs> to kind of move as quickly through this as we can. That's yeah, Absolutely. Alrighty, so let's. Uh, I think we're going to go through the candidates. This is vaguely in order of the impression they made. Let's begin with uh, the candidate who who definitely thinks he made the biggest impression. That was definitely his goal. That is Vivek Ramaswamy. He is thirty eight years old. He's just like a business guy, self he, who's been financing most of his campaign. He was very eager to defend Trump, even vowing to pardon him. But he parroted some. Really insane far-right talking points, including the desire to defund the Department of Education, among dozens of other agencies, including the IRS and the FBI. <laughs> Fight. He just sounds like a little kid, like getting like 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 games that kids play among themselves, like, and then I'm gonna get rid of the FBI. <laughs> like it's crazy. Uh, and then he 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 railed against the anti-carbon agenda and stopped support and vowed to stop supporting Ukraine's efforts against Russia. So many of these talking points were actually cheered by the audience, but he did get some boos for calling climate change a hoax. It was an interesting audience. He was targeted quite a bit by the other candidates who accused him of inexperience mainly. When asked about education, he said that women are paid more by the government to not have a man in the house than to have a man in the house, which I begs the question, of course, ladies, when you've been single, are you getting a check from the government? Do you go somebody and then you're like, cough it up, Uncle Sam? Girl, that direct deposit has never hit. It's <laughs> negative because I have to have a dog now and this motherfucker needs haircuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I beg to differ. I'm like, is he talking about single mothers who like get government so. assistance? But I'm just like. Because all, all of the kids' fathers are just banging down the door, begging to be involved <laughs> and financially supportive. We all know that's how it goes. I mean, listen, if you want to know if the government pays to be single, look up random man in Atlanta on TikTok and see what the fuck is happening there. But Vivek, make sure you have a couple hours to but get but through Make it. sure you have a couple of hours because he's, this is the thing. I mean, again, very Republican talking point of like the nuclear family is gone to shit, but it's not men's fault at all. It's women's fault and the government's fault somehow. Not also just even like, doesn't I mean, you know, we talk about like, does the nuclear family even work? Are things even working in this country? Not for ladies. For women. Yeah. For for people to raise children. No. So I don't know. Uh this guy's full of shit. I know you have other points and I'm ready to make a Not really. Up. I think we're ready for our analysis of Vivek Ramaswamy. What was, kind of impression do you think he made, Grace? 
And I was going to say, like, as somebody who was raised in a single parent household, it's so deeply offensive to me and such an antiquated thought, especially as you're standing there gassing up Donald Trump, who is just the picture of the nuclear family who probably hasn't seen his son Barron in 12 years. For real. I think the biggest impact that he made on me, who's obviously somebody largely unfamiliar with him until he's on this debate stage, as most people were, is he really is a product of the school on Al Gore's internet of running your mouth. This is the thing to be if you are a active conservative trying to gain power. It's how much can I speak? How much can I overpower someone else trying to make a point, whether I have a contrasting point or not? That's actually kind of irrelevant. And it doubles down on this insane culture. And I'm exposed to this by random people on Snapchat all the time of let's debate this here and now. Everything is a debate for everybody instead of just being an honest one-to-one discussion. And he, I don't know if you saw that video that somebody cut, which I was actually in stitches over this. Ron DeSantis is trying to say something. And in the corner is Vivek with his hand going like this, trying to distract, literally trying to interrupt, (gasps) trying to interject. Yes. He was flailing. He was insistent on inserting himself. And it was so insufferable to watch along with that creepy smile that was plastered over his face. Oh man, it was hard. You know, there were two main winners in my head of the debate. They were uh, Doug Burgum's eyebrows and just botulism in general, because those gentlemen, their foreheads were, they were working hard. They were all fresh. Yes. Brett Bear, yanked to the heavens, yanked to the heavens, those eyebrows. I mean, I want to know about more like their smart toxins, a spawn of. What whatever yeah. snake venom is going on up there? Um, speaking of snake, they're going venom right in the past brain, the snail mucin. They're going right for <laughs> yeah. Speaking of snake venom in the brain, I have to say, the thing that got me about Vivek is that Phoenix was a hundred and twenty degrees all summer, and <laughs> California has a hurricane, and this motherfucker a hurricane and a earthquake on the a same hurricane. fucking day. A earthquake, <laughs> and this motherfucker is like, climate change is a hoax. It, it, it it's just giving again to you know, uh, recount Grace's point. It's giving <laughs> attention seeking politician and not someone who really wants to be an elected official. And I think that that's what a lot of people are doing now. I mean. Uh, My fave, Eric Adams, is great at this. I'm just saying the dumbest shit ever, but not actually executing it in a way that an elected official, you know, like, cut the IRS. Like, you can't do that. Imagine Vivek Ramaswamy during a natural disaster. You you simply can't. He would simply be a clown. Smile his way through healing. Yes, exactly. With that perfect forehead. I'm sure he wants to be president one day. I'm sure he knows this is probably not the cycle where it happens. What do you think his goals actually are? Just to make more of a public profile for himself to ultimately run again? Do you think he's like angling to be Trump's VP pick here? I think a lot of people believe that that's disturbing question. (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely is. One of the weirdest parts to me was like I think of him as the person most primed to get young Republican voters. But if you're going to come out there and say 
you don't believe that climate change is related to human causes or real in any way, or the climate agenda is all a hoax, that's going to lose you the youth vote because the person who even asked that question was a kid on a recording. So to meet that youth urgency on on climate with a, this isn't real, I'm going to serve you up that real fresh talking point that's been marinating in my freezer since 2009 is such a miss for young voters. So that, when I think of that experience with what he wants to do eventually, it does seem like a Trump VP pick, but it also just seems so self-serving in so many ways. Well, I'm like, are the 10 young Republican voters, uh, I mean, do they care about climate change? Like probably. And also I'm like, yeah, maybe it is this thing of, because like older Republicans, even in Chris Christie's comment about, Vivek's last name being, you know, like equating Vivek to Barack Obama, which is, I cannot think of someone who's further from Barack Obama because Barack Obama went to multiple Ivy League schools, was a lawyer, worked in public service. Like, it's just literally they have funny last names and they're brown. So it's like young, yeah, young Republicans are probably going to be the only people that are going to vote for him because the old Republicans are too racist to do so. And Again, he lost them by saying climate change is a hoax. It's just showing he doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want to win. He's in it for attention, the attention economy. That way everyone knows him, goes viral, Mm -hmm. next business venture. He's known as the anti-whatever, cancel culture, blue shit. Of course (laughs) he has a podcast who gives a shit. Like it's this whole cancel culture, whatever. Maybe he'll be put on a cabinet as like the young person. It's whatever. giving Andrew. It's giving Andrew Yang in a different kind of like font. Yes. Well, Andrew Yang's moving their... forward. Amanda, he's not <laughs> left or right. He's forward. Well, the funny okay. thing about I agree is that he's definitely um, trying to recruit young people because he has that sort of contrarian sort of like he'll offer something that when he says it, it doesn't sound like an unethical, dangerous thing. But then when you think about it for one second, it is. This guy also wants to uh, make it uh, increase the voting age to 25. So I don't know how he's going to really get those young voters. Have you guys um, ever encountered, like, we all discuss, we all live in Brooklyn. Have you come across, like, the bro that's like, I don't know, I think I like Vivek Ramaswamy? It's the same bro who says, yeah. oh, I don't know, I think I like R- Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They're, they're just one bro who's looking for... Loud. Somebody that they identify with and that person is, oh, you walk into your poli sci 101 class on the first day of college and it's the guy who thinks he knows everything, Mm -hmm. especially for somebody who wants people to take a civics test if you're under the age of 24 to be able to vote. He got one of the questions on the civics test wrong. The way he was speaking about the Constitution and Mike Pence actually came for his ass Mm -hmm. on this, he would have failed his own civics test. Well, I have a question for you two and it's like... We like to talk a lot about the white women Republican voter or like the swing vote and how that will tip the scale on a general election. And, you know, the New York Times made a really uh, great point. It was like, 
no women would vote for. He's like, Vivek specifically is too bro-y for a woman to vote for. So I'm just, as right. as white women, what, what say y'all as expert white ambassadors of the voting population? I mean, I think you're like, these like suburban older white women that are kind of like in play, I don't think they are going for this type. I think that they watched him and probably like, I don't like, like he's smug. He's a know-it-all. Um, I don't think he really did himself any favors for what that demographic is looking for, which is respectability politics, dancing around the offensive thing instead of saying it straight out where he was happy to just sort of say it. So, yeah, I think that that, uh, there's no faction that he can cobble together to have any kind of influence here. But it is interesting that I think it's telling, like we've said, like we don't really think he's taking this nomination that seriously because nothing he's doing is showing that he takes that demographic seriously. Mm. And it would be the one that he would need to carry himself through. And I think that that's the problem with the overabundance of money. It's like anybody who has enough money can get themselves on that debate stage and raise their profile enough to be heard by millions of Americans. And as I said, whether they have a point or not. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just imagine wasting and paying all this money to work. Like, what He's is the paid obsession? $15 million of what his is own the money, obsession I think. obsession with work? I will fuck off so quickly <laughs> and go to some island. Diane Feinstein, all these old motherfuckers, these rich motherfuckers. I'm like, yo, work Chill. cannot be that good. Like, Chill. you know how much, like, I'll be in a new outfit every day. Oof. I'm just like, <laughs> damn. These people are crazy. No, it absolutely boggles the mind. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. 
Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. All right, we'll move on to, I think this is probably technically our second youngest competitor as we as we repeat frequently on this podcast. Ron DeSantis is 43 years old. <laughs> I think his 44th birthday is around the corner. That does feel considerably older, but as a 43-year-old, it's tough. Nobody has ever looked less comfortable than Ron DeSantis on the debate stage. <laughs> Ron DeSantis is only one year older than Portia Williams from Real Housewives of Atlanta. That's, that's sick. alarming. Like, that's crazy. That's I don't sick. Know. That's sick. The entire time he just struggled to arrange his face into any normal expression. I mean, the clip is going around <laughs> with the delayed smile. It's just so it's like it's like uncanny valley. It's like where what version of this guy did you put out here tonight? He didn't even really pretend he was like to not be reading from a script. He kept looking down at the end of his answers very smugly like I got that one. He told, as we've uh, referenced a couple of times, he told the most bizarre story about his friend Penny who survived <laughs> multiple abortion attempts and nearly lost her life in a pan. This had me fighting for my life. I was sobbing, laughing, just just everything that was happening, just the chaos and the unhinged nature of everything that they was they were saying. I tuned in a little late, so I didn't like connect that it was like, oh, he means a hospital pan. I was like, she was found in a frying pan. Who Who told him this? I was literally thinking scrambled eggs in a walk on the side yeah, of the road. Yeah, like that's like that's where I was at. But that was only after I had to reason that's with the picture myself. he painted. Fully, is Penny the mother? Is Penny the feet? Like, do you know Penny? Is oh, Penny here friend. in the no, room with us? His his friend Penny, and then the grandma. So this is my thing. I'm like, how'd the grandma find Penny on the, the side pan. of the road? But I'm like, how did he know that was Penny? How did he? Know? It could have been another baby. According to Ron DeSantis, there's at birth abortions happening left and right. It could, it could have been any anyone. Well, and did um, did grandma this, name her Penny? Yeah, I think grandma named her Penny because it maybe it was lucky. Oof. <laughs> but I'm also like, just like many many like end of the world things. I'm like. Why are we fighting so hard to live? Like <laughs> it's like all this shit, all these like fucking end of the world just day after tomorrow. That is the I'm question. Dating, I'm Grandma dying the her. next day after tomorrow. I'm just like if, if somebody's trying to get rid of you multiple times, take the fucking hint, dog. But obviously this is true. <laughs> the candidates. And yeah, nobody on the stage really questioned this. It was just well, us at home. Well, <laughs> I think they were all just kind of like blank, blank wondering. But Jezebel released an article and I was like, oh my God, that apparently there is this famous mythical creature in abortion, anti-abortion yeah. lore called Penny who yeah. w- experienced this five-time abortion success um, in 1955. Right. And that got me thinking, okay, first of all, you definitely don't know Penny then. Second of all, that was pre-Roe v. Wade when abortions were unsafe and unsuccessful constantly. So that's why this was a fucking problem. And to bring that up now is, oh, my friend Penny who lives next door to me, literally go shoot the shit, drink, take shots with her on the weekends, was... Uh, absolutely we unhinged. all know a penny no we don't bro yeah. nobody knows a penny, Never <laughs> well, a penny. Knows. 
Looking at his face, you do think that he was alive and well in 1955. (laughs) But actually reading his birth certificate, you would know that this man was born well after 1955. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see the videos of him just so eagerly leaning in to his makeup artist? Uh, touching up his bronzer he was just getting reveling painted. in it Lo- yes absolutely like erica jane just like to give it to me the, you know the, the, the what too they were loving it they well, were bronze. you know what i'm just gonna say there you know twitter x the x twitter the the people on there the queers on there are saying he's given a little zest but i won't <laughs> he's speculate got- he's getting a little zest he's giving a little spice if you know what i mean yeah. he's giving on a kinsey the kinsey scales tip in the other way. That's what they're saying. I will not go down that rabbit hole, but I'm just saying that's what they're saying. I will also say maybe uh, to be a contrarian, Amanda, more straight men need to get with the program and use some makeup. A little bit of powder here and there. Never hurt anybody. Never hurt anybody. Get the anybody. snail mucin. Get a little bit of that tinted BB cream. Do oh. yourself a favor. You imagine Let's if Mitch McConnell it. just touched up a little bit. It would do us all such a favor. Not having still to look think at his he was blue alive. And purple face. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yikes. Well, you know when 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 mostly Republicans say, you know, I don't care about race. I don't care if you're blue, <laughs> green, purple. They're talking about Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that. He is quite. He is a tie dye of a man. <laughs> oh, all right. Penny, we got over Penny. Oh, also a moment with Ron is that when moderators asked candidates to raise their hand if they believed in climate change, he was super obnoxious about this. He was like, no, nobody even bother. We can discuss this like adults as if I guess, you know, raising hands. And this is this is when the climate things happen. And then another time with the hand raising, they were asked whether they all... Florida water is boiling. The ocean is boiling. Hot 101 degrees. Like, literally, dog. I what? think we can all discuss this like adults. like Because children at Florida schools know nothing about it. They, they don't know anything. <laughs> nothing. They can't read Harry Potter. <laughs> no. And then there was another time where they were asked to all raise their hands if they'd support Trump if they were the nominee. And he raised his and then, like, put it down and was um, was cross-referencing his his colleagues on stage before he it committed to very- very awkward. It he was, was like it was really awkward. <laughs> it was like he was trying to um over exaggerate it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like the class when the pizza party and you're like, okay, who wants this? And you look over and see what everyone mm-hmm. else wants. Absolutely. Uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah. He, he, it, it, it is giving not the the second in command. At the Mean Girls table. Absolutely. Gretchen. Oh Gretchen. Gretchen it's giving Gretchen, Gretchen Wieners a thousand percent. Gretchen like, Wiener. I thought I yeah. knew the name, but I wanted to be sure. Because, so listen, true. I could say any political fact incorrectly, but I will get DMs if I do not name Gretchen Wiener. Well, this is the Betches podcast. The, on the Betches <laughs> podcast. I'm like, I can that say is white any women's wrong culture, facts. As you say. <laughs> Gretchen Wieners. He is absolutely giving Gretchen Wieners because he absolutely – he despises Trump, but – yeah, he knows he's that. Not, um, he despises Trump, but he's not wearing gold hoops. No, his he's whole, not wearing no, gold hoops. His whole his whole performance has his whole campaign was has been like, what does Gretchen say? She's like, people liked the guy other than Caesar too. It's not all about Caesar. That's oh, that's true. Yes. That is DeSantis's entire <laughs> campaign. So, um, and another really disturbing moment. This was this came out of nowhere. Because, I mean, it didn't come out of nowhere. It makes perfect sense. But he said he'd support an immigration policy that involved killing people at the border, stone cold dead. <laughs> And he was very satisfied with himself when he said that. Um, okay, so that those are those are Ron's kind of highlights and lowlights. But 
So much for pro life. I know. I know. Jesus. Jesus Christ, Ron. His competitors did not really attack him. But why is that like not a great sign for Ron DeSantis? Because he's irrelevant. And they know that. I think maybe three months ago when the the talk of him jumping in, he was the talk of the town. He was the savior of Florida. He was the the perfect foil to Trump's, um, you know, chaotic what's he going to do next vibes. You know exactly what Ron DeSantis is going to do next, but they've seen his ban lack something. of performance in the right ban anything, um, whatever he feels like he dreamt about the night before. Um, but they have seen how big of a flop he is in every poll, at every appearance, at every campaign stop. They're just not threatened by him. And that's the worst thing a Republican candidate can be for president is non-threatening. Flop era. He's in his flop <laughs> era. He's recounted. He's recanted the Disney beef. Like he's just, he's just flopping left and right. And people are again. They're going for number two. They're not going for number yeah. one. I mean, you know. What's embarrassing about Ron is that he definitely still thinks he is going for number one, and he has an yes. unearned sense of confidence that he is technically polling number one in that on that stage. But like Trump's at 62% and then that man's at 16%. He has nothing to brag about. He has nothing, nothing to be proud of. Unearned sense of confidence is, you know, the number one requirement of being a Republican (laughs) candidate, TBH. And voter. Well... (laughs) Next up is Chris Christie. So he had some, you know, strong moments that I think would have landed well with the Republican Party of 20 years ago and also like those old people that call themselves Democrats, but eh, maybe aren't. He was really the only candidate to attack Trump and strongly denounce his actions. Uh, That went over very badly for him. He seemed almost surprised that he was booed really aggressively at first. And um the only other notable things here was that Vivek called him out for hugging Barack Obama after Hurricane Sandy. This man will never live that hug down. A a, four, a 12, 14-year-old hug is still in play. But um, if you were another one of the candidates and you saw how aggressively, how poorly Chris Christie's anti-Trump sentiment was received, what message would, would you take from that? I mean, ask Liz Cheney how that worked out for her. These, these, I mean, it's crazy because there's many reasons to be against Trump, but in the in the today's Republican Party, that's just not the that's not the way to success, um, unfortunately. And um, you know, things aside, Chris Christie has like personal beef with Trump too. <laughs> after he got fired in that really <laughs> fucked up way in the first week of office, so I don't know. I'm I, like, this is tough, but also. Sorry, Vivek. I'm going to call you on your bluff. If Barack Obama wanted to hug you, you would fucking hug back. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? That's very true. All totally. these people would hug Barack Obama. <laughs> All these people. Yeah, I mean, he had a very, like, he had a strong performance, just unfortunately not for any audience that really matters right now. What? How do you interpret Chris Christie's outing last night? I... I was expecting stronger, to be completely honest. He goes on these cable news shows like it's his day job, which I think at this point it is his day job. (laughs) He doesn't hold public office anymore. And he brings energy. He regularly goes viral. But that's in a very safe environment where you have talking heads nodding back at you who completely agree. I think he half-heartedly expected while probably cynically knowing that this wasn't going to happen, that he would lead the charge 
to make people mm-hmm. feel comfortable to say if a president commits crimes and that is found true in a court of law by fellow Americans, we can all agree that that is bad. I think this was the most definitive rejection of that we have mm-hmm. ever seen. It will not work. Mike Pence, who was ready to be strung up in the gallows on that day, yes. wasn't even batting an eye at that. No. No. Nikki Haley was just like, he's 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 unliked. Trump is just not likable. That's why we should. Oh, OK. That's his worst quality. She's very good at couching. She lives in in the sofa section of a Raymore and Flanagan at this point. But <laughs> he, if I were him, I'd be like, deuces, last you're seeing of me. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I don't know how he's still in this because I just can't imagine any factions in the Republican Party that 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 want a Chris Christie and that saw the reception to that and feel feel any sense of confidence. So I even I mean the next debate I think is September 27th. I'm curious if we're going to get any dropouts before that. I can see Wait. him staying in it, but I had this idea. I think the new debate format should be during every commercial break, all of the candidates on stage get to collectively vote one person off the island. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> so every I mean, after every commercial break, there's it. one less person. I would love that. Who would have been the first off last night? Doug Burgum. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. (laughs) He would have hobbled off happily. Yeah. All right. Next up on our list is Nikki Haley. She she opened this with a charming, charming Margaret Thatcher quote. If you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. She was very smug about that with her overly heavy blush and the audience applauded. She got, uh, you know, a few dunks in on Ramaswamy that seemed effective, particularly with regard to Russia and Ukraine. She has, she really seems to tout her foreign policy experience. I'm not sure if this is what your typical Republican primary voter is valuing. Like she talked about this in a very arcane manner. She was like, he killed Pergozin. He's a murderer. And like, if I'm a Fox News voter who's just like, I'm, no, I'm just like, there's two dangers. I don't care about that guy. Mm -hmm. She dodged questions about a national abortion ban. This was interesting. She said that the Senate will never have a filibuster proof majority to get that passed. So she was kind of like, why are we, why are we talking about this? Which I thought was disingenuous because we know if they were to ever have all three branches, they would end the filibuster yeah. and they would get it passed. So of course. Grace, who do you think she was talking to there? Those maybe Republican women in, or centrist women in play? I think so. I think she's actually talking to the small sect of Republican primary voters who actually are read up on the fundamentals of governance, which I actually think is an important (laughs) group to speak to because they are the people who watch this kind of charade and are like, why are we not talking about the actual mechanisms through which a Republican president could get things done? I actually Mm. like want to give her the weirdest props in that way because it did feel like she was the only person to be trafficking in any sense of reality at all. Obviously, that goes out the window when she talks about banning, you know, trans people from locker rooms and whatever. But biggest she women's was, issue of our time. Yeah, yeah. that's the biggest right. women's issue. And she was, she was there saying, here are the things that I know from my experience. And she did prove to be a stable foil to someone like Ramaswamy, who was just verbally gesticulating for two hours. Um, so I think she really did... A, a good job in air quotes, as much as I can say that, mm-hmm. speaking to a sect of voters who actually w- want to traffic in reality. Yeah. If I were her like campaign manager, I would be happy with that performance. Yes, she got too. in the kind of most, I think, 
effective dig. Like you could tell all the other guys were just so annoyed with Ramaswamy. We we all were. But she was pretty – she was a little bit more targeted. Like she got in a dig when she was like, um, you have no foreign policy experience and it shows. That's when the audience was really with her because that was after the Ukraine thing. And it's like yeah. the, the audience seemed kind of split. But like generally speaking, it's, it's a small faction, small crazy faction of the Republican Party that's like, fuck Ukraine. <laughs> just – just we need to stop protecting them. Yeah. Let let them fight Russia on on their own. I think most people are pretty clued in on the fact that like you know us supporting Ukraine is keeping us from like world world war. So yeah, she seemed fairly fairly effective there. It was it was really she, interesting to see. I was gonna say she was the stern mother or stern yeah. teacher in a lot of senses, which I think kind of gathered yeah. the men a little bit at some point. Yeah. Which yeah. for those Republican women, that probably really spoke to them as women who probably have to gather their husbands and children on a daily basis. That yeah. is so interesting. Yeah. The adult in the room for sure. Yeah. And like, if not, it would be like low blows and just yelling and like displays of masculinity, but she's just like it's true that like she pointed out Ramaswamy's um, lack of foreign policy experience, but it's just like, I just feel like the average Republican voter isn't thinking so much about foreign policy. I, I mean, I could be wrong because there are some fears about China um, and, you know, our resources going to Ukraine. But yeah, that, that was just something that stuck out to me was like, right. I think that she does a attract a certain voter, but not the Trump voter, but the Trump voter is the majority. So it's like yeah. weird. Right. It was giving a kind of like 2023, much more refined kind of cerebral version of like Sarah Palin's like a hockey mom is just a <laughs> lipstick or whatever. Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was so interesting because like us, me as like a liberal woman watching that, I was just like, oh, this is gross that she has to like you know, keep this thing like on the rails and try to keep everybody like focused and that she is so obviously superior. But it's so interesting that Republicans see that and they dig that about her. They don't see that as an indictment on the party. They see that as just like a great quality that she has. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Yeah, he surprised me. He surprised me. Yeah. Um, his, his robot had some unique... Um, he yes anded more than I expected. He, he had the most. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Pence had the most talking time in the debate. He vowed that to support. That blows my mind. I know, I know. But I think, I mean, like if you watch him talk, it's not a fast talker. So I no. think, yeah, he was talking Molasses. rather absolutely. He he kind of stood out mostly in his interactions with other candidates, kind of just because they existed to a greater degree and with a more barbed tone than I think any of us expected. He vowed to support a 15-week abortion ban. I found it kind of interesting when he was, you know, 
I'm no fan of Nikki Haley, but he was literally mansplaining abortion bans to her. He was like, yeah. how could you have any compassion for, for people who, cause she had a moment of being like, you know, women, this is hard for everybody. This is something yeah. that people, adults can handle. Uh, he got yeah. some interesting knocks into Ramaswamy on his age and experience. Like all the candidates did. He kept saying he was proud of the Trump Pence administration. Nobody says Trump Pence administration except for him. <laughs> no one says that. But stop like, trying yeah, to why? make fetch happen. <laughs> stop mm-hmm. trying to t- make the Trump Pence administration happen. But you know, before before last night, I sort of tended to look at him more as like I don't know if he really wants to be president as much as he's just trying to put a sheen on his legacy. Mm-hmm. But he was really hyping himself up to be the president and why he thinks he is the best person and the most experienced person to like hop in on the job. I think he really does represent the purity sect of conservative alt-right faction, the ones who really believe in the rapture is coming and that Joe Mm -hmm. Biden and Hillary Clinton are bringing it. I I think he really, unlike a lot of the people on that stage who say things that you sit there and listen and you're like, I know you don't believe that, but you're obligated to say that. I think this, he really believes these things that he's saying that that Bible is sewn to his chest. (laughs) He has even like the cadence of like a Pentecostal preacher and the mannerisms and it is upsetting to see on my TV. It's just like, it's just giving mother. It's like (laughs) me and my wife who I call mother. I can't be in a a room. Did he invent mother? I think he I started would say, this. I would give that to Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> but um, yes, I mean, calling his wife mother was iconic. I do. I know that the milk with dinner thing is Mitt Romney, but I feel like Mike Pence also enjoys plain cow milk with his dinner. And I just, I just feel yeah, that in my warms, soul. He warms it up before bed. He Absolutely. Warms it up before bed. I think that that's what he does. Yeah. So. Before praying for all the abortion survivors. That is and definitely what he's doing. A praying for well penny. steak mm-hmm. with ketchup. Praying for and- penny. It was just so interesting that like Chris Christie went after Trump harder than Mike Pence, who Trump did not care whether he, whether he lived or died. It was just interesting to see him fully like abandon that. I mean, he was like, it was, it was interesting. It came up that he, you know, did what he did on January 6th. I thought it was funny. One line that made me laugh is Ron DeSantis was like, Mike did what he had to do. I got no beef with Mike. I got no beef with Mike. I got no beef with Mike. That was the only time he was appearing to be 42 years old or younger. I got no beef with Mike. Yeah. All right. Tim Scott uh, was there. He's doing, I mean, I think he's the (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not. It could have been a hologram. It could have been a hologram who just <laughs> talked about, who made the same talking points over and over and over again. You know, he's doing better in Iowa than he is nationally. He's raising a lot of money. I think that yeah. you're kind of like establishment Republicans who really want the party to be legitimate, see him as like a great option. He's African-American. He's a conservative from South Carolina. He has sort of had the lived experiences that um, you know, he's able to say, like, I grew up in poverty and I, don't, you know, here's why I don't believe in public assistance. Um, he was loving talking about the 15 week abortion ban, but he just like really was a wilting, wilting flower, did not seem like he showed up to make any impression. I don't know what his goal. It was hard to even tell what his goal was. Like, you could tell Ron DeSantis didn't make a huge impression, but you could tell his goal was to kind of get out unscathed, make his talking points. All of them had kind of a goal. I could not figure out what Tim Scott's goal was. And I mean, maybe that's why Republic, like establishment people like him, because he will be (laughs) 
the weather vane. He will be what he will be whatever anyone wants him to be. He's a and, fart in the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 2024. Yeah. Fart exactly. in the wind. Well, I wouldn't even say fart in the wind, but yeah, exactly. Like a talking voice. And he will be, I mean, you know, it just reminds me of, again, I'm just that really great podcast that at least recommended Slow Burn with mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas of like this person who is doing the Republicans bidding and being the face of it in this, you know, to like dodge allegations that they're racist, but also like, I don't know, probably like doesn't like living with himself or something. I don't know. Uh, right. But yeah, that's probably, that's probably why exactly they like him because he's not going to, Ramaswamy is going to say some crazy shit that whatever, t- you know, Pence, you know, is a little bit of a wild card because sometimes he's with Trump, sometimes he's not. Tim Scott will step in line. It's interesting yeah. to imagine because I think that some people are excited about the possibility of Tim Scott being on the ticket at all. But to me, it's really hard to imagine him being on a Trump ticket. I, I just cannot see that. Trump I agree Scott, because no, no, no. They've they've focused his campaign um, on <laughs> shocking a sense of optimism about America, yeah. which I actually think would have been useful for him to interject some of those positive vibes during mm-hmm. this very doom and gloom debate last night, where mm-hmm. everyone's dying, everything's terrible, everything's mm-hmm. awful. He maybe could have won some points there, but I have absolutely no idea how to wrap my brain around how how that would coexist on a Trump ticket where everything is demonized, everything is inflamed, right. everything is aggressive. So I think there's no ch- no shot for him. Yeah, it'd be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trump's like, you see how terrible things are? And it's like, but I can make things better. It's like, no, you can't. It's like, oh <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. We have finally arrived to the two men at the far end of the debate stage. <laughs> who may never be there again. They were Doug Burgum, who is North Dakota's governor, and Asa Hutchinson, who is the former governor of Arkansas. Uh, Doug Burgum tore his Achilles the day before, the day of the debate, honestly. He was probably not feeling great. Uh, he hobbled he hobbled his way there. And Asa Hutchinson also was there. He, he, they, they, they made some points. It was, I mean, this format was interesting because like people were invited to speak when they were invoked and these men were not frequently invoked. <laughs> so they did not uh, get to talk very, very often. Um, More people know their names now. So that's a win. I, you know, if you, you know, before today, yesterday, if you put a gun to my head and was like, Millie, Who's Isha Hutchinson? I would say Instagram model. An Instagram model with the most natural looking BBL I've ever seen. And the fact that it's this white guy from Arkansas, it's just blowing my mind. That name, that name is giving influencer. Wow. It is. And he named his son Isha Hutchinson III. There's three of them. I'm just shocked. I have to say, you are sounding a little bit like Trump during his Tucker Carlson interview last night. Who <laughs> yeah, kept no, calling him? Who kept calling him Ada Hutchinson? <laughs> because there's no was name the ID. Burn. Right, right. No, it's so good. It's so Wait, good. No, there's but no Ace name is his ID. middle name. This is giving influencer. His first What's name his is William. Name? William. So it's like Asa Hutchinson. For- yeah, Asa Hutchinson is honestly like it sounds like the husband of like. Dakota Johnson, you know, if she weren't dating the Coldplay guy. It's not giving conservative. It is giving 
Pacific Northwest. Yeah. yeah. Something else. Yeah. So those men were there. Nice to see them, I guess. You know, they Congrats. also have like horrifying ideas because they're not um, as aggressively horrifying. I would be surprised to see them again. Honestly, they probably should not have been there. Um, but, you know, good good for them. So to close the loop here, Millie, I'm curious, having watched um, some clips this morning, obviously improvisation is an important skill on the debate stage. Who who do you think performed uh, was best at improv last night? I'm going to say, surprisingly, um, Mike Pence. Because Mike Pence was like, you know, this is not the time for on-the-job training. Ramaswamy immediately was like, is that one of your rehearsed things? And he's like, I no, but that. that's one of yours. Yeah. yeah. That's one of yours. It's giving for you. I mean, I didn't love it, but I was like, yeah, oh, Yeah, no. you did. You did. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> if you view it. I had just never seen that man have that level. I've never sassy. seen Mike Pence so alive. So it's yeah. like. It was just something new. It's someone who's like, you know, as someone who's, teach, who's taught comedy. That you have some students who are like, who I don't know if they're absorbing anything I'm teaching them. And then in the final show, they're doing great. And you're like, whoa, okay. You did retain stuff. Also, you know, I think that the best way to view this is like a real housewives reunion. Yeah. Where it's like you can't, you're not really rooting for anybody. They're always. all terrible people, but there are some fun sound bites that you're obsessed with. So I would say Mike Pence is the one who improv because Ramaswamy he came in with that script he came in with the script he knew what he was going to say and he was going to cause chaos mm -hmm. yeah I thought Chris Christie's well I don't know if it was canned referring to Ramaswamy as chat GPT because he didn't oh, sound yeah. crazy it was deployed <gasps> at the right time because the first as soon yes. as Ramaswamy opened his mouth he was like anti-carbon climate hoax like it just mm. saying the most uh, just just spewing the same thing over and over and over okay so Grace which candidate do you think would be best at hosting a Snapchat show Based on Unfortunately, last uh, knowing the success of Ben Shapiro on our friend Snapchat platform, it's going to have to be Ramaswamy. I think yes. he, the, the boys of Snapchat, many of whom follow me for <laughs> unbeknownst reasons, uh, would eat that shit up. They would oh, eat boys of Snapchat up. just gave me chills. <laughs> yeah. I know. Those I know. Ride or so many X, uh, so right. many X's. We did it. The first debate unpacked of the 2024 it took me like I, my kind of like metabolism last night was like getting excited because i remembered like the 2020 democratic debates but i was like no this is going to be bad this is not going to be fun and it was not fun no. there were some moments of of release <laughs> specifically well, penny penny in a pan. Pan. Penny in a pan. killed me that absolutely killed me okay so to end today donald trump obviously did not uh, attend the debate. So as we said, these people were really in a fight for second place. Grace briefly mentioned his counter-programming. I will briefly mention it. He participated in a pre-recorded interview with Tucker Carlson that streamed on X, where he discussed whether he thinks uh, Epps, Jeff Epstein killed himself, the sale wow. of the Panama Canal, how these heaven produces rain, Asa Hutchinson, <laughs> who we insisted on calling Ada Hutchinson, and Tucker was like, why are you calling him Ada? And Trump was like, but you know why, but I'll get in trouble. <laughs> like, oh, what a dig. What a dig to use a woman's name for a man. He referred to people celebrating his indictments as savage animals who he worries might try to assassinate him. He dangled the prospect of civil war, and he called Joe Biden's legs toothpicks. I mean, it we was gotta weird. love him. We gotta <laughs> love him. I'm just saying... Epstein killed himself. Pamela Canal. Like, these are some pretty vintage things. Like, vintage. I was really like, they were really, Whoa, yes, they were producing rain. Like, we, 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 we solved this already. Tucker like, and Trump <laughs> were, were yes anding on all, all night. 
for the whole 45 minutes. It was only 45 minutes. That's all that really came up. The indictments came up briefly and he was just like, yeah, I was indicted four times. So that was the counter program. Biden's legs toothpicks. I mean, you gotta with this guy. That's true though. They are. But but also like, I mean, we know that you're a freak and you love elected officials, Apparently we're gonna, okay, exactly. (laughs) I was so disappointed because doesn't Doug Burgum look like he was hot when he was younger? Yeah, yeah, no. No, I see Eugene Levy. He was Eugene Levy. No, it's upsetting. He wasn't hot. You young can't, Doug I mean, Burgum. I'm you, looking you, it up. You don't get a lot of pictures with young Doug Burgum, but I gotta say, Doug Burgum today looks the best he's ever looked. Oh wow! Yeah, he looks yeah. like an ugly version <laughs> of the dad from Lizzie McGuire when yes, he was young. Exactly. Yeah. But Precisely. now, deep cut. But now, now it's given Golden Bachelor. Yeah. No, for sure. Golden, Eugene Golden Levy. Bachelor. He's yeah. Straight out of Shit's Creek. And if he weren't no, a Republican, like I like Doug Burgum's lore. He like built a tech company in North Dakota and sold it for a ton of money. And his whole thing is that like I can beat, ch- I know how to beat China with jobs here. It's just like you could just stop there and maybe not also be a hateful monster like yeah. in North Dakota he has you know banned uh, trans kids from participating in the sports that align with their gender identity so of course today the final headline we'll discuss Trump is turning himself in to Fulton County Jail today it sounds like we're absolutely getting it seems like the accepted convention is that we are getting a mugshot we have gotten yes. them from a number Rudy. of others Rudy's mugshot is Rudy's in mugshot. you know he was crying before too he did look no little- I think I think that's the best Rudy's looked in years. I was going to say that. I was disappointed. We have seen this man crumbling in front of our eyes, melting. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the the worst he's looked. He got glam squad. He he looks like he was in the eyes. There's pain. Absolutely. (laughs) The skin might be skinning. And whatever, but the eyes, there's pain. No amount of snail music can can wipe away all of those uh, all of those felonies. And uh, yeah, so we'll get his. We might get his heightened weight. He will join a number of his co-defendants in surrendering themselves. Heightened weight, and, uh, wolf. I think they just ask wolf. you your heightened weight, though. Like they don't actually yeah. weigh you. So Jeez. we're gonna we're gonna find out what he says his heightened weight. Is. Do you think? They've taken practice shots. Do you think they've taken a round yes. of digitals uh, at Mar-a-Lago before? I think he's. Tri- I think he's done. Like you know, he, he when you get married, you get like a trial. I think they've done a trial. I a think trial done, makeup. I think they've done the hair, the makeup. They've tried out some options. Yeah, I'm just cringing at the idea of like Georgia cops, like being like respecting him while they're giving him like like sir i'm your biggest fan sir like like we we love please fun cop city like oh my god please fun cop city (laughs) i I don't want to be here i I think you're right i think you know it's like people are it is interesting because like people like us we are super engaged in this day today we've known this was coming and like it is people are losing their minds about this mugshot coming like everybody it's it's the event of the it's the social I mean, event of the summer. Someone was like, J- just let. Someone was like, I know we're all gonna like roll our eyes at the t-shirts that were made yeah. and whatever, but like, no, someone no. goes, just let the resistance wine moms have this one. Like they have <laughs> fought for so long. Well, <laughs> that's how th- I feel. The thing is that the only thing that I feel like is made what made people feel this good is when Trump had COVID. But we didn't oh. know that Trump. It was like it was like dropped in the middle of the night. We had no warning. It blew up. That was so Twitter cool. was, was still great. great. Twitter was great. Everything was popping. I and ordered Taco no Bell forethought. to celebrate. Yeah, like, like, but so it's it's kind of like 
Trump got COVID, but we know that he's going to get it on a specific day. So it's like we're ramping up. We're excited. Yeah. We're, we're, we're drafting the tweets. We're exactly. getting the t-shirts ready. All we need to do is just scroll that JPEG <laughs> down, drag and drop. I'm sorry, Grace. You as don't know that I'm fucking nuts. As, long, no, as soon as the file comes... It's on. I'm hearing nothing it's but on. truth. I'm hearing nothing but truth. So, so we're ramping up. We're, you know you what guys, I mean? It's like I a, mean, obviously, you know, we have the grid of the other mugshots. So we have obviously already created our errors to our poster with a spot waiting. Oh, well done. Waiting well for done. Trump's Trump's middle mugshot. You know, it listen. is coming. Congratulations, congratulations to us all. We have earned it. Grace, tell us what you're up to and uh, where people can find your your dispatches about everything the fuck going on lately. Oh, everything the fuck going on can be found on What the Fuck America over on Snapchat. Uh, it's a once weekly show about politics and culture, which the timing is ripe. Let me just tell you, as we get into the fall and I'm spending less time outside, I will be hunkering down, getting you the news you need to know. You might be catching me on some other platforms soon. Not going to give anything away yet, but you can find me over there on Snap. We will do that. Thank you so much. That is our show. Until the end of Democracy, for Grace Weinstein and Millie Tamaras, I'm Amanda Duberman, and this is The Betches Up Podcast. Bye. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.